we have today looked into the church of the living God. And I introduce you to how are the mighty fallen. In this session, we will fly very, very, uh, we will fly through our lecture. Um, I, I know that uh, naturally, when we are having seminar for a day, a good number of people make a mistake of not sleeping on time a day before. And the consequence of that is that you'll be feeling tired unnecessarily when you should be alert. So I will say that um, whenever you are having um, seminars or a whole long day teaching, a night before, make sure you sleep on time. Do everything in your power to rest on time. Because for brain agility, you need substantial or substantive rest. So that your brain will be very agile. Uh, tomorrow we'll be going into more intellectual things because um, in our calendar, in our timetable, tomorrow is Wednesday, isn't it? So we'll be looking at conflicts and church crisis and conflict resolution, and we'll be looking at um, ministerial duties and ethics. And also, we have the Arisen and Army of People, a devoted church. You know, that's, I believe that one of the greatest problems of ministers is the, the fact that there are many in churches who just, they're just not devoted. You do everything, they're not devoted. And it's a norm in all the whole world that in every church there are just some few who are very, very devoted. And I see it as a danger of hell. Because anybody who is not devoted to God on earth can never enter the heaven of the devoted God. Yes, come and take your seat, please. They cannot. Nobody can pass an exam at all without devotion to their studies. And heaven is stricter than the earth. Many Christians don't know this, that uh, there are a good number of people in hell who died in church. And people celebrated that they've gone to heaven, but they never entered. If God permitting me, I will take us through some few things in the scriptures, which will bring our life to reality. We will not, we cannot afford to take God less than what the Bible has taken Him, because some have done that, in the sense that if we do that and we die, I will find out that there's no, no, you know, we didn't enter heaven. Unfortunately, that will be for eternal. We will not be able to come back to relieve and, you know, correct those stuff. So, I would rather be very much hard when it comes to the scripture without twisting it for people who want to go to heaven to go to heaven. So, but we we'll look at the church crisis. We we'll look at uh, the lack of devotion in many and how you can get people more, more people devoted. And we look at ministerial duties and ethics. And during that time, we can also look at uh, the practical ministry, church project finances and financing. Running a debt-free church really is that topic. But at this hour, let's just go straight into how are the mighty falling. The two major characters that we want to look at are Saul and Solomon. But why... 
How are the mighty fallen? Let's look at the book of First Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. It says, the Spirit clearly says that in the later times, some will abandon the faith and follow the saving spirit. I read the NIV and things taught by demons. The King James Version says, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith and may give in heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, we're in the latter days. So, that scripture, if it is correct, which it is, more doctrines of man now came from demons. That's in the church. That's why when I was teaching about error, how people can just easily come up with error. And you'll be shocked the kind of caliber of people who are running with that message. And you'll begin to wonder that ah, these are fathers in the faith. They are supposed to know the truth. But the fact is that many of them don't know the truth because if you do not align your heart with this spirit of truth, you cannot know the truth. It is a matter of what can we preach that will bring the people. What can we preach that will bring the money? What can we preach that will look like we are the one who is the part of this self? And because of that, deceiving spirit. But two things in this scripture before we move away from it. The Bible tells us that demons will take over pulpits and they will teach the church. Because it says some will follow doctrines of demons. If demons don't teach, how will you follow it? So, and demons will teach true men. The second scripture, I'm talking about four in a way, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. It says, but mark this, there were terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power, have nothing to do with them. The King James Version says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We see this. Is this having a form of godliness but denying the power, its power? And from such people, turn away. I will say to you that um, what the Bible is saying here when it says that turn away from them or have nothing to do with them, you cannot keep their company because they will wrongly influence you. That's what Bible is saying. That's why Apostle Williams hide his head. 
If I go to every place I'm invited, I will make money. Because there are, most of them want to pay for my coming. Handsome payment. But I will make hell too. Alright? Money will finish. Enjoyment will finish. Is it where you have good health you are enjoying? Someone like me, my own thought is this, and I don't know whether you know you may be free to think that way. Haven't been with Jesus for so long. Haven't devastated the works of Satan on earth so much. If I make a mistake to the camp, in my case, it would be like an enemy soldier in the midst of his enemies. Satan will not spare me any rot he has. Alright? But the rot of Satan is nothing compared with the rot of God. So I made up my mind to obey the scripture. Stay clear from them. But is there any remedy for us? Yes. Second Peter chapter one from verse five. Second Peter chapter one verse five. These are the preambles. Should we all fall? You know the Bible says that the beloveds of themselves are abusive and all stuff. I told you that when we were in when we were growing up in Pentecostal church, in my entire life, I did not hear of a church leader, not pastor now, deacon or elder who committed adultery once. Okay? It's a taboo. But today, many bishops, many generations, they did not only commit adultery, but they live in adultery. Any human being who thinks that God is with them is stupid. Complete foolish. That person should not exist. If you are a person who, somebody who is supposed to be a man of God, a woman of God, is living actively in adultery. Is living in adultery. I didn't say somebody who committed adultery and repented. Because when you live in adultery, you will lose God. If you repent, you gain him back. Because Jesus said it clearly, one source cannot bring forth hot and cold. You cannot serve Beelzebub or Belial and serve God. The temple of the body of man is the temple of God. And in the book of Corinthians, it says that if you destroy my temple with adultery, I will destroy you in the last days. The Bible is so clear about it. It says all sins are outside the body, okay? But the sin of adultery or sexual immorality is into the body. Then he said that if you destroy my temple, I'll destroy you. So, therefore, because many people are falling a victim, does that mean that all of us will? Because many people are falling a victim of money and fame, does that mean that it's a norm for all Ministers, no. Look at why they are falling. Let me show you. 
and what you should do, and you will never fall. The Bible says it. Verse 5 of Second Peter 1. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, <coughs> and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me help you understand this. The first thing in this is that a Christian minister can become unproductive and he can become ineffective when he gets to the place of stagnancy. You know, I told you yesterday, somebody comes in and says, I'm a faith preacher. I will tell you, you are preaching nothing. You're a faith preacher. Let me take you to where the devil will appear physically. And let me see your faith. Are you with me now? A good number of American preachers have deceived the world. People who cannot confront the devil. When they see the true form of Satan, the, the, the sphere will go to their spines. Faith, you must add to it goodness. And to goodness, you must add knowledge. To knowledge, you must add self-control. To self-control, you must add perseverance. To perseverance, you must add godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. Somebody who lives in America, who has uh, people who are millionaires and go to television and say, God is telling me that I must do this project by faith and believing. Go to Africa where there is a television in the midst of village and get that faith work. When you know you are talking to people who have the money, there's no faith in it. You are pleading to them and they are giving it. There's no faith. You don't, there's no need for faith. <laughs> faith is manifestation when there is no supply. That is what faith is. When you, when you believe God and angels will come overnight and they will bring the resources. That is faith. Not when you are pleading to people who have money. That's why American ministers, a good number of them, I tell you, if you follow them, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked at where you will land. So therefore, what I read to you here has shown every one of us that though many have fallen, but not all have fallen. Although many have fallen, but we don't have to fall. Even for those who have fallen, there is a medication to be restored. I would together. And he told us here, for those who are living, what can make you fall is the day you specialize in God. 
That is to say that God has sent me to preach prosperity or deliverance or healing of faith. My Bible tells me, Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all I have taught you. This scripture says to me, the reason why some fail is because they never add to faith. And if you remain on faith, you fall. For you know the fall, you must add to your faith goodness. And to the goodness, knowledge. And to the knowledge, self-control. A man that a woman can deceive and just strip yourself naked before a woman that you are not married to. You are a dead man while you are alive. Alright? Self-control. Any Christian who cannot exercise self-control regularly, Satan can blow you up at any time. He can. To self-control, persevere. Persevere. Not every one of us will be very rich on earth. But God will supply our needs. We may not have excess that we are fine about with it. God will supply our needs. But we do not preach because we are looking for money. If we are looking for money, we should get a career. If we are preaching the word of God, it must be like Christ. Even that which God gives us is for the people. Listen to me. Enough of falling in the household of faith. But the recipe of it is, have a desire to add perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. You know, he says, if you have these things, these qualities, in increasing measure, that is, everywhere you are in God, you are, you are desiring to go higher. That's your desire. If you have that, you never fall. So everybody who fell is because they got to a level they just thought they don't need anymore. They are now master of God. In verse 10 it says, Therefore my brothers be all the more eager to make your calling or an election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. You will never fall. You don't have to fall because others fell. I will not bring this grace to heaven. I would rather die. I told God, there is nothing in life. <laughs> if your eyes have seen the other side, you will not love this life. Nothing. A life where they will praise you today and tomorrow they will say they should be crucified. The life where you have a lot of good things in your head you want to do, but you don't have the capacity to do it. The life where you will think that this is going to be my salvation. Put all your life into that person. And when you now say rest of my soul, the person is dead. It's a life Without God, miserable. The Bible says, if you do these things, you will never fall. 
And then he ended up by saying, and you will receive a rich welcome into eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And yes, some people say that once you are born again, you can never fall. Nonsense. This is Bible saying that you fall and you will not, you miss heaven. It says clearly, simple English. If you fall and you die like that, you miss heaven. He said, but if you do all these things and you never fall, you will receive inheritance. I have met people who have classified, you know, salvation, that, you know, you have these stages of salvation. If you are in this particular stage, you cannot fall. devil is the one who propounded those theories. Salvation has no two levels. Once you are born again, you are born again. Are we together? And when you are born again, no matter how much saved you think you are, if you deny God, you lose it. And this scripture is telling us that what we can do is never to be satisfied with what we are. Always desire to be to have higher in God and let be your focus, then you will not fall. You know, sometimes when I think about the racketeers of mess in the church of God, I'm so angry in my spirit. You know, that I just felt, you know, I thank God I'm not God. If I was God, it would be very terrible. Yes, very, very terrible. Now, let's see two great men that God revealed himself to. First Samuel chapter 8. You want to look at the first one whom we are studying is Saul. In First Samuel chapter eight verse one, it says, "When Saul grew old, and when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges of Israel. The name of the firstborn was Joel, and the, the name of the second one was Ahijah. And they sued and they served at Bethsheba, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain." And accepted bribes and perverted justice. Now understand this. Their father was epitome of perfection. Highly anointed. He raised them in God. The difference between Samuel and Eli. The Bible says that Eli saw his sons doing evil. He did not correct them. Not Samuel. The children of Samuel chose to not do what their father did. I think that, that, is a, a, that Samuel now applied to church is son, father to son. Every minister who has a father, you must do what your father does. Okay? That's the reason why you don't just use anybody to be your father. You know, if you know that you want to live a righteous life, choose a righteous man. If you want to encounter God, choose a man who encounters God. You can't choose a father because he has money, he has wealth, he has fame. You know, that's not it. Those fathers who have money, wealth, fames, go and ask from those who choose them as fathers. Once you come, they will say, what did you bring? You put down what you bring and that's you go. It's just to collect your money. They have no vision from heaven. They can't tell you what God is saying about you. If you do wrong, they can't rebuke you. Because you are a source. That is no father. 
But you see here also, if you have a righteous father, you have to obey and you have to do what they did. Because these boys, they, they went into dishonest gain, which is not seen in their father. And they accepted bribes, which is not seen in their father, and the power of justice. But the Bible says, so all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and Ramah. He said to him, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Did you see that now? They thanked him. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as the other nations have. Now look at chapter 9. Chapter 9, verse 1. It says, There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zehor, the son of Bukoriah, the son of Aphir and Benjamin. He had a son named Saul. Watch this. An impressing young man without equal. Among the Israelites, a head taller than any of his, of the, of or others. Now the donkey belonging to Samuel's father, Samuel's father Kish, were lost, and Kish said to his son Saul, to Saul's father rather, Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and and look for the donkey. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around uh, Shalisha. But they did not find them. They went on into the desert of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. When they reached the, the district of Zor, Saul said to the servants, who was with him. Come, let's go back. Or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town, there is a man of God. I love that. Now, let's see about that man of God. He is highly respected. The mouth of a leaf ought to preserve words. And out of mouth shall men seek what? Cancer. Because he is a servant. He said he's highly respected and everything he says comes to pass. You and I have what should define us there. We can't settle less. It's either we are man of God and those two things happen. Or if they don't happen, we are not yet man of God. So man of God is not by ordination or position that that will carry. It's by conduct and the fact that when we say God said, you may not believe it, but it will happen to <laughs> I remember when I went to Nigeria, where I was pastor that book, and Nigeria, the former president was still ruling, and they were they were going to do election, and then they were the the ministers. Um, uh, ask me, what did God tell you, Apostle, about the new government of Nigeria? And I said, look at him. A mighty tree, but look at his roots, a fibrous root. How could an oak have a fibrous root? And thus said the Lord, worms ate up his tap roots, and they left him with a fibrous. A finger push, it shall fall 
mighty. And the Lord said, look on beside. A tender shoot that looked lifeless. And it grew, and they were playing with it. And the first second year, the blades became sore, cutting them to bones. And it says, for this one I have rejected. And I have replaced him with another one who will look lifeless, but he will execute judgment. To tell them, the current president of Nigeria is rejected by the living God. Ministers, they said, no, 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 apostle. I said, are you talking to me? Are you not the one who asked me what God said? No, 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 you can't say that. All our fathers in the land said he is the divine destiny of God. And I told them a story. When God was about to destroy a king, he put lying spirits in the mouth of the senior prophets, except a young boy called Micah. And when he came, he said, the king said, what, what shall become of me? He said, go, as they say, and have victory. That's what we want to hear. But I tell you, you will not live after. For thus said the Lord, I saw heaven open. And the Lord said, how can we take him out? And the lion spirit stood before the altar of grace and said, I will go. And I'll be a lion spirit in the lips of their prophets. And God said, go. He said, all these big prophets that have licked eating with you, taking bribe with you, eh, looted the country's money with you. He said, they lied to you. You will not come back. And he said, put him in prison till I come back. He was put in prison, but though the king never came. They told me in Nigeria that, what are you saying, apostle? And I said to them, I remember a pressman came to interview me. I said, excuse me, I don't know who you are talking about in this your Nigeria, who are your fathers, but I am telling you, if what I'm saying does not come to pass, consider me not sent by God. Because for a man of God, your word must not fall to the ground. And I said, do you want to know more? You see, you guys are saying that you are, you are, there is going to be a problem in the month of February because you want to do election. Nothing will take place until March. This was two weeks before election. Of February. The man wrote it down, wrote it down. When I left Nigeria, by the end of that week, they announced that elections were not taking place. I know in Nigeria, if they announced that elections were not taking place, at least six months, to leak more money, the first time in history, they move election from that January and they put it in February. The man called me, he said, man of God, uh, March, February to March. The man called me, he said, man of God. He said, this one you have said happened. Then it means that... <laughs> To be a man of God, two things, respect, integrity, two, authority. You see, these two things only happen when we have relationship with God. That's what commands it. Relationship, praying regularly, keeping your heart away from all these things of this world. Not associating with people who already left the kingdom, but they have title. That's what the Bible says here. So what happened there? Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our, our sack is gone. We have no gifts to take to the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered him. Look, he said, I have a quarter of shekel of silver. 
I will give to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to go. Formerly in Israel, if a man went to inquire of God, he will say, come, let us go to the seer. Because the prophet of today used to be called a seer. And something I I want us not to miss in that uh, scripture, because I've seen men of God use this and abuse it in collecting offering. Samuel did not know when they decided they were going to give him money. So he didn't ask for money. The people decided to do so. And you must not demand money from anybody. Anybody will bless you. It is God who will speak to their heart and they will bring your blessing. If God sees you that you are asking money from people, God will not allow the real people who bless you to bless you. And you will struggle financially. But then says, Good Saul said to him, Servant, to his servant, come let us go. So they, they set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some girls coming out to draw water and they asked them, Is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's ahead of you. Hurry now. He has just come to our town today. For the people have a sacrifice at the high place. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not begin eating until he comes because he must, be, he must bless the sacrifice. Afterwards, those who are invited with, they will eat. Go up now, you, you, sh- you shall find him about this time. Verse 14. They went up to the town, and, they, and as, they were, as, as they were entering it, they saw Samuel coming towards them on his way up to a high place. Now the day before, the day before Saul came, the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. We're looking at Saul in this case. About this time tomorrow, I tell you, a man from the land of Benjamin anoints. I'll send you a man. I'll send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him leader over the over my people Israel. He will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked upon my people, for their cry has reached me. Now, can I say this is the reason why God sends all ministers? God has seen the cry in the heart of people, and He has sent you. Are we together now? That's why God sent us. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you you about. He will govern my people. Saul approaching Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer. (laughs) Samuel replied, Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me, and in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. I love it. We must seek God to get there. As for the donkey, (laughs) can you see? As for the donkeys, you lost three days ago. Do not worry about them. I love this. 
He said to him that he will see him later, but he's not talking to him. I want to see how prophetic works. When Saul, Samuel told him that, you know, the verse 19, I may see her, go up ahead of me, for today you will eat with me, and I, in the morning I will tell you, you know, you know, what is in your heart. At that time, he didn't hear anything from God. But I haven't told him that, look, okay, go. I will come, I will come over, I will, will seek God, I will know. The moment he finished saying that, the Lord spoke. And you can see that he says, as for the donkey, he didn't know it before. God is saying that, no, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to, you, to him when you get there. I'm talking to him right now. He needs to know that you are a seer. So I need to show him that you are a seer. Because this is the man who will be the king over this country. And he said to him, as for the donkey that you're going to go, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is all the desires of Israel torn, if not to you and all your father's house. I want to see you speak like that to your members. That you stand, they stand before you, you see their destiny. And tell them who they are. I was watching my youths one day. They were singing in the pulpit. And as they were all marching down, because when I meet people, what is spiritual man? It's spiritual every time. I don't look at anybody just in the physical. I don't do anything just in the physical. While I do anything in the physical, I think about the spiritual. As they were coming down, I saw a young man, and I saw him a judge in this land. He was tall. I saw him quickly when he grew up. Tall and huge. And he was a judge in UK. I quickly called the boy. I said, you are a judge in the land. Can't you see? Your tenor will be great in the Lord Harris. You know that boy, a few years after, the boy came to me, now older. He said, Apostle, I have a judge. I said, you got it. Because each time he comes, you will begin to see the whole vision again. If he comes in 30 years, that you don't know him anymore, the vision of the first day will come. This Bible is not a fiction. You know, what you seek for is what you get. You sought for knowledge and career. You are a professional. We have to seek for God. I will get it now. We have to. Okay. Let's see the rest of the story. Because we want to make sure that we just concentrate much on... All right. So, how would Saul said that? If we look at chapter 13, verse 1, then. 1 Samuel 13, 1. It says, Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned over Israel 42 years. And then the Bible tells us about how he began to choose people. Let's go to the first mistake of Saul. Chapter 10, verse 
Now this summer is beginning. It says the soul, go down ahead of me to give you. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice bond offering and fellowship offering. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. Verse 9 says, As Samuel turned to leave Samuel, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart, and all these things were fulfilled that day. When they arrived at Gibeah, a procession of priests, prophets were, uh, met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him in power, and he joined in their prophesying. When all these, all those have uh, who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this? What has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? A man who lived there answered, And who is their father? So it became a saying, Is Saul among the prophets? After Samuel stopped prophesying, he went to the high place. Now Saul's uncle asked him, as his servant, where have you been? Looking for the donkeys, he said, but, where, but, when, we saw, but when we saw they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul replied, he assumed, he assured us that the donkey had been found. But he did not tell his uncle what Samuel said about the kingship. Samuel summoned the people of Israel to the Lord at Mizpah and said to them, The Lord, and this is what the Lord, the, the, Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought Israel out of Egypt and delivered you from the power of Egyptians and all the kingdoms that oppress you. But you have now rejected your God who saves you out of all your calamities and, and, and distress. And you have set, said, no, set a king over us. So now present yourself before the Lord, but your by your tribes and clans. When Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, the tribe of Benjamin was chosen. I want us to look at this. This is, just, this is talking about the beginning of Saul, really. Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan, of, of, yeah, clan by clan, and Matris clan was chosen. Finally, Saul son of Kish was chosen but he when, when they looked for him he was not to be found eh? where was he so they inquired further of the Lord has the man come here yet and the Lord said yes <laughs> He has hidden himself among the garbage. That is what I want us to see. He has hidden himself among the garbage. The baggage. 
They run and brought him out of the baggage. And as he stood among the people, he was a head taller than everybody. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see this man? The Lord has chosen. This is, there is no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, Long live the king. Verse 26. Saul also went to his home in Gibeah, accompanied by valiant men whose heart God has touched. But some troublesome makers, as some troublemakers said, How can these fellows save us? They despised him and brought him no gifts. But Saul kept silent. Now, why I read that scripture is because I wanted us to see how timid Saul was. You know, when God called each one of us, we need to not forget it. You remember I told you. If you don't forget when God, how God called you, what you used to be, you will not abuse your office. Okay, now let's go. That is, that is about Saul's call. Let's go to 1 Samuel 15, 1 to 3. Now, 15, he has now become king. He has now led war. He has now succeeded. He has now ruled. All his enemies now submitted. Even those who despise him on the day of his calling, they are now serving under him. He's now in full control by the grace of God. Understand that Saul has the highest personality, but he was the most timid. But when he was anointed, God changed his heart. Who anointed him? The servant of God. Who made him king? The servant of God. Who instructed him about God? The servant of God. But if you see verse chapter, chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Samuel said to Saul, I am the, the one the Lord sent to anoint you, king over Israel. I think really, okay, let's read that further. I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you over, king over Israel. So, listen now to the message the Lord the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they have, for what they did to Israel when they will lead them as they came up from Egypt. Let's go to verse 7. No, verse 3, sorry. Go, now go. Attack the Amalekites and totally destroy, them, destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkey. That is the instruction. Alright. If we go to verse 7. It says, then Saul attacked the Amalekite all the way from Havilah to shore, to the east of Egypt. He took Agai Agag, king of the Amalekite, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with his sword. But God said he should destroy everybody. Yes? 
Now verse 9. But Saul and the army spared Agar and the best of the sheep and cattle. For the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. This they were unwilling to destroy completely. But everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I am grieved that I made Saul king. May God never grieve for calling us. Anytime we go out of the original instruction they've given us, and we go away into our own will, forgetting that we didn't make ourselves to the office, how could we think now? We, didn't, we are not the one who made ourselves. It is not man who made us into the office. It was God who called us into the office. How could we now think that association with men is what will make us at the expense of God? That's something I'm going to ask you a question when I finish this shortly. God was grieved. In the King James Version, it says, I greatly regret that I have set Saul as king. And he said, Because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instruction. Samuel was troubled, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Can you see two different people? When God told Samuel, I am grieved, Samuel began to cry. You know, what we're looking at is, how are the mighty fallen? When somebody obeys God, he blesses him. Okay? But if I haven't obeyed God, and he blesses you, and you now derogate, he curses you. Remember, God curses ministers. Malachi 2, you remember? Because you did not honor me, I will curse you. Even I have cursed you, says the Lord. Malachi. So now, let's see. Verse 13. So Samuel set out, when Samuel, you know, well, if you read verse 12, you just say Samuel set out in the morning. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you, sir. I have carried out the Lord's instruction. Everybody minister who follow these people. One of the things that you will first inherit from them is how to deceive others. That's what you get from them. That's the first thing you hear from them. You will recognize their life is full of deception. How to deceive others. I have said this to all of you. When you collect offering, please, don't tell people God said what God did not say about offering because God will never forget it. He will never claim what you said. He will record every lie you lie against him. And you must answer when you reach him. You must answer. Forgiveness is not in that. To deliberately lie against the living God. Okay? Like saying that, God is saying to me that this offering you are given now, that is the offering that will make you... Don't say that. If you say that yourself, say, I am saying this, not God said to me. 
And when you finish saying it again, that this is the offering God is going to use, the next offering again, you say that this is the offering. I mean, people are not stupid anymore. They used to be foolish. But now, many people in the church are no more foolish. I would get on that. I, went, I was in a meeting when a man of God, you know, one of my members invited me. Well, the general assembly of that church, you know, wanted me to come to that meeting. I won't mention the name, but, but my member now, and I told him that, look, this man wanted me to come to this meeting. Oh, he said, Apostle, I'll take you there. Okay, let's go. And we went. And I saw a Nigeria, big man of God, a man I saw when he was raised. He was raised by God raw, with raw power. A man who will speak and the ground will shake. I knew when he was raised. We look at him on television and say, God, I want to be like this man. And then he came in and read the scriptures. He preached the words. You know, because when you know, have knowledge of the Bible, what you must know this, you always have it till you die. It's just information, letter. But the difference between when you know it and the Holy Spirit is working through you, and when you know it and no more Holy Spirit is this, when you knew it and the Holy Spirit is working through you, Luke chapter 9 and chapter 10 will be fulfilled. Preach the word, heal diseases, cast out all devils. But when the Holy Spirit depart, it will become very intelligible words, sweet words, no manifestation. You will still have that because it's normal natural brain. And then suddenly the man began to tell people, you know, I, you know, saw three cars into the life of somebody. By the time I got home and I got six cars. Jeeps, he said. He said, <coughs> somebody in my church, you know, had three million. And I told her, if you can sow this seed now, God is going to do whatever I will do. He said, after I sow, that's the all money he has. You have got any more thing, that's all she had. He came to cry to me. And I said, sow that one. And he got 30 million. So when he began to say about all this seed and no seed and no seed and no seed and no seed, then he now told people that, look, Holy Spirit said to me, and I'm telling you what I will repeat when I come before the Lord. Holy Spirit said to me that um, uh, he mentioned the number of people that you are going to give a million each here. And he said it should come out. And he said that the Lord told me I will not go less. I'm not calling it from any other person. Yes, and the, some people were coming, I think only two or so came. Not the hundred he said. Then he now said, okay, after talking and talking and talking, I said, okay, 500,000. But he has just said, God said, I should not go. Then he went, 300,000, 200,000, 100,000. He went to 20 Naira. I would mean that. You see, people who do those things, even one P they will go for. Greed is greed. And they know I greed. When we finish, you know, the young man who went with me, he said, Apostle, I thank God for being under you. <laughs> I would have become bankrupt if I was here. You know, the way they operate, people will stand up when they don't want to stand up. And you know what happened? After they made all the pledges, he said, you must pay it. It's like, you know, what my father used to do as a herbalist. When he tells you about sacrifice, your problem, and this is a sacrifice, then he will not tell you that if you do it, 
is left to you. If you don't do it, it's left to you. That's a curse. That's a curse. That you came to me, this is your problem. By Lucifer, this is your solution. And if Satan said they should bring one goat, my father will add his own goat to it too. Then he will not curse the person. If you don't do it, then he will go on by a law. Those things happen to them because they came under their jurisdiction. I would mean now. So, look at this man here. This Saul, blessed by God, he lied to a prophet who told you what you were thinking. Now, I can't know how you can stand before him and lie and think he will not see it. This is where promiscuity blinds the eyes of those who do it. Bible says, bribe blind the eyes of the taker. I would mean that. Look how it says. But someone said, what then is this bleating of the sheep? In my ears. The someone that God spoke to before he left him. He said, what is, the, what is this knowing of cattle I'm here, that I hear? Saul answered, the soldiers brought them. From the America. This is the man who went to hide in the baggages. They spare the best of the sheep. Listen. And cattle to sacrifice to who? So he lied against man. Then he lied against God. Many ministers are doing that today. Godless completely. Godless completely. A sinner will not go unpunished. He says, Saul answered, the soldiers brought them. They, sp- they speared the best of the, of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroy the rest. Stop! Samuel said to Saul, let me tell you what the Lord has said to me last night. Both of them are anointed. Saul was anointed a prophet. Samuel was, uh, Samuel was anointed a prophet. Saul was anointed a king. They are both God's servants. But look at what one has become. Lying against God before God. So he must have believed that God doesn't see anything. You know? Money blocks his eyes. Corruption and ego. Say stop, Samuel said. Let me tell you what the Lord has said to me last night. All of us must belong to such man. That is what we must be till death. A messenger who speaks for God. Who hears God. He says, tell me, Saul. Saul replied. He's been asking him. A man of God said to you that God told him. He said, tell me now. Samuel said, although you were once small, in your own eyes. Did you not become the head of the tribe of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And he sent you on a mission saying, Go and completely destroy those wicked people. The Amalekites make, uh, the Amalekites make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you 
pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord. But I did, I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekite and brought back Agar their king. Is that the obedience? The soldiers took the soldiers took sheep and cattle. He lied on the soldiers again from the plunder. The best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Let me say something to you. All ministers I know who are fallen, this is what they do. That's what they do. That's what they do. They will always argue. They will always say that they are doing it for God. So, what is happening here is not strange. Let me tell you, because we don't have time for that tonight, but for the evidence of the Bible, the Bible says that, and as they have decided not to have God in their own thinking, God gave them to reprobate. A reprobate mind will be calling evil good, and it will justify by the word of God. May we not be victim of such. Amen. But somebody reply. 22. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Do we get something there? Obeying God's voice, not offerings. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination. And arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. What did he say? He has rejected you as king. But he was still on the throne. But he's been rejected. There are many ministers in the world today. They've been rejected. You are still seeing them on television. They've been rejected. They are still calling meetings and the stadium is jam-packed. They see committees and wherever they are having their meeting, people are dying going there. But they have been rejected. They wear the crown, but they have been rejected. What makes God reject is anointed. Disobedience. Undermining God. Going after selfish gain. You know, all, all the time I always think that, but these people should have common sense now. If God made you, why can't you recognize that he's the one who continues to make you? If he gives you food to eat, eat. If you don't, if he takes it from you, then go hungry. You know, how are the mighty fallen? Listen to this. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. Is a lie. He didn't repent. Confession is never called you for repentance. I violated the Lord's command. Eh? Because the guy is angry. And your instruction. I am afraid of the people. He lied again. And so I gave it to them. I gave it to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sins. That's a lie. And come back with me. So that I may worship the Lord. He wanted ego before the people. Whereas the difference between him and David, David would tell the people, I have finished. I have sinned against the Lord. I am a murderer. Please, I'm not king now. Yes, 
sat in ashes when Nathan, Nathan told him. Remove himself from kingship and relegated himself. But you see, these guys, he only asked Saul to follow him because he didn't want to be disgraced. Not because he repented. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of his hem and his rope, and it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today, and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. That will not be your portion. How are the mighty falling and the weapons of war perish? If you go and read the notes I gave you, you will discover that this man who prophesied at the beginning with company of prophets, who after the anointed in favor came for him, a man who is so timid and so fearful, pessimist, Became a bold man. God gave his enemies to his hand. God fought his battle for him. God made a jobless man, a ruler, and made everybody who labored to go and give him money to live. As a king, it is a honor for people to bring him money. Is that not what God does to ministers? But come on now. Is it not act of foolishness and nonsense for a person honored so much like that by God to dishonor God who honored him? Even if you have a friend and your friend honor you, at least you give him a little honor. Talk less, the one who created the heavens and the earth. Let me show you something before we close here. Look at the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 29. That is where we're going to stop. This matter of falling away from grace, may God never let it happen to any one of you. Look, I have been in Pentecostal movement from the 60s. I have seen men go use mighty. When I say mighty, today on earth, I haven't known a man under heaven today that God used like that. I haven't known one. The days are coming back for, for that to happen. Go use man to the place you are by. There is a man, when, he enter, when his car enters the, the, the stadium, okay, how you know that he has arrived? Everybody who have witchcraft and demons will be seeing them flying physically to the sky. They will, ah, brother has entered. The power of God will carry people who have demons. They will fly hit to the ground. They will begin, he hasn't Climb the stage. That man today has four wives. He's a wreck. He sat with me in 1991 and told me, my brother. When I sat with him, I said, ah, Egbo, what's the matter with you? I said, you are the one we are looking at. Now the Lord has called me. I said to him, by the grace of God under me, whatever happens to you, I only need to decree. Tell me what is it? He said to me, Gina, brother, I have passed redemption. I said, don't tell me that. I said, I can't believe what you are saying. I cannot accept it because it's not in line with the word of God. 
He said, I cannot be redeemed anymore. But people are inviting him to pulpit all over the world. Preaching. Even at the time I was saying, I said, okay, you know what? Two things. I can ask God and I can know. You can tell me. He said, yes, yes, yes. He said, do you know? This is my fourth wife. Eh? I said, fourth what? He said, fourth wife. I said, ah, what about mommy? Uh, he said, he said, I left her at home. Not divorced. Went to America. Married second wife. Married third wife. Married fourth wife. So I went to law and said, Lord, what's happening to this man? I left him that night. And in the midnight when I was inquiring from the Lord, the Lord just took me to an open vision and said, I saw one of the most feared, you know, respected ministers of God too, coming in a bush path. And he was going like that. Sha, 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 sha. And I was standing with the Lord. He walked like this. The Lord said, you know him? I said, yes, yes, yes. I mentioned his name. The Lord said, yes, that's him. And he walked past and he was going. And the Lord said, he had left me. And he said, now, look. And I saw the one I was speaking with. He was coming, running after this one. And he said, he does not follow me anymore. He follows him. He said, they will both perish. Let me tell you, that one who went, when it was four months for him to die, the Lord came to me and said, I will take him in four months. Go and tell him to repent. I flew from Lagos, from England to Nigeria, went to look for him. I met his son. I said, sit down. Are you with me? I think Pastor Dakwa went with me. I said, how many eyes do you have? I said, I want you to go take me now to this man. He had worked so much in the kingdom. He's going to hell. In four months, he'll be dead. He said, somebody has come to deliver that message. He has gone to the mountain. I said, you don't know what you say. I want to take me to him. Let me talk to him. He said, you won't find him. He has gone to the mountain. I said, you told me that. I said, deliver that message. I'll hand it over to you. I came to Nigeria. Four months dead, he died. But I told the other one the second day that. The Lord told me this. This is what made you what you are. He said, yes. And he now said to me, he said, you know, brother. He said, what you are doing now, that God is answering you. Don't change for life. That's what he told me. He said, what you are doing now, and God is backing you up, don't change it for life. He said, for us, we are gone. Don't follow them, I beg you. Don't follow them. The God who called you, He knows your needs. A need that is not supplied by your faithfulness is from the devil. Every supply of Satan has venom. Satan doesn't like us at all. Let me read this scripture and then we stop. Deuteronomy 20, 29. Verse 18. It says, make sure there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today. Whose heart turned away from the Lord, our God, to go and worship the gods of those nations. Make sure there is no root 
among you that produce such bitter poison. Write this down. Verse 19 is the strongest warning. When such a person hears the word of this oath, he invokes a blessing on himself. And therefore thinks, I will be safe even though I persist in going my own way. This will bring what? Disaster to the waste water, water land as well as the dry. The Lord will never be willing to forgive him. I told you that if you deliberately go away from God, he will not forgive you. If you ask for forgiveness and the Lord have mercy on you, he will punish you too. Like if you truly repent. It's like somebody, no matter how anointed you are, you, you are committing adultery, you went to sleep with somebody who has AIDS. The first blessing God will give you is the AIDS. Yes. And if you repent, the aid will remain. Really, that aid will be strengthened. I know one of the top bishops in Nigeria, he died in aid with AIDS. He died in AIDS. Where did he get it from? Adultery. So he says, I wish, he says when, when such a person hears the word of this word, he invokes blessing on himself, and therefore thinks, I will be safe, even though I persist in going my own way. This will bring what? Disaster on the water, watered land, as well as the dry. The Lord will never be willing to forgive him. His wrath and zeal will burn against that man. All the curses written in this book will fall upon him. And the Lord will blot out his name from under heaven. That's the book of life. The Lord will single him out from all the tribe of Israel for disaster. According to all the curses of the covenants written in this book of the law. Then you continue to talk about their children who followed them in later generation and foreigners. He said, your children who follow you in later generation and foreigners who come from distant land. We see the calamities that have fallen on the land and the disease. Diseases with the Lord, which the Lord has afflicted it. The whole land will be a burning waste of salt and sulfur. Nothing planted, nothing sprouting, no vegetation growing on it. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. May that not happen to us. Amen. You know, somebody says that, you know, this is Old Testament. You only need to read the book of Hebrew. Hebrew tells you all that from chapter 5, 6, also especially on chapter 8. That when you have tasted in the power of resurrection of this age... And you now decide to nail Jesus on the cross again. He says there is no mercy for such a person than the bitter judgment that comes from God. Now let me say this to you. What I've given you today is more than a million dollars. Keep it in your heart. I wanted to go with this. Your destiny is sure. But it is only guaranteed in your obedience. Your destiny is sure, but to reach there, which is guarantee, is to obey God at all costs. Look, don't let's follow deception. I, I, who is your father, I have been approached by many, many, 
Many. I remember at the beginning in the 90s, I was in Nigeria, one of the big ministers in Nigeria now, is one of the voices in that nation. He, met, he was in my crusade and he saw manifestation of Goro. He said to me that, look, what you have, we can make money. He said, we will fill the stadium and it will pay for itself. And I'm telling you what he told me. That we will fill the stadium, it will pay for itself. We will make money. In my crusade in Nigeria now and other countries, I've told my work leaders, no offering must be collected in public. Because Jesus told me that when he did meeting in the public, I should show him one day he collected offering. And I said, no. He said, what did I do? I said, you fed them. He said, so go and do likewise. He said, when you do meetings in church, you can collect offering from my people. He said, when you take me out to the people, clothe them, feed them, teach them, heal them, and cast demons out of them. I remember when I told Pastor that I put that taking offering, the first meeting, a man came to us and said, ah, you people didn't take offering. We said, no, we don't take offering in open air. He said, I want to give. And he went to them and he gave some money towards that crusade. The way they will reduce. Now my crusades in all the African countries in in uh, uh, we are going to India now. In the church, yes, service for Christians, yes, because the Bible says you Christians should bring offering. But we go out to the public to do crusade. We who are here will pay for it. My God will bless you. Yeah. And when we go to a nation and we finish crusade, take all the medical doctors from here and nurses go and treat them. So the one that need physical, medical treatment, you give them. The one that you can't handle, send it to me. I cast the demon out of them. At the end of the day, both left and right will get solution for all of them. The one that doesn't have clothes, we clothe them. The ones who are farmers, we teach them on farming. We give them business plan to do farming and help them. And then we tell them, we have taken nothing out of you. I will together now. You know this offering issue they are taking publicly? That is what polluted Africa. Okay? Though the intention of the ministers who went to Africa was not to pollute them. Everywhere I went in Africa, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, Nigeria, Benin Republic, everywhere, we called ministers for crusade. They said that, ah, you are from England, what did you bring for us? I said, are you people mad? No, they said, what are you talking? Rehan Bunky gave us money I said, what did you say? He gave us money to bring our people. So Rayan Monkey gave them money because they said they would need buses to bring people. The money that Rayan Monkey gave them, maybe they, they, they needed 100 pounds. They would tell Rayan Monkey it's 1,000. But he doesn't know anything about the money, give it to them. When Rayan Monkey leave, they build houses that storm will destroy. They bought cars that will kill them. So, because of that, people like us went to those nations. Every nation, the minister said the same thing. Every nation in Africa, Sierra Leone, they said the same thing. So I told them, I don't need your people. If the Lord sent me here, the angels of God will bring the people. And I don't care whether the stadium is filled or not. I didn't come for stadium to be filled. I came for those who are mad for salvation. 
Suddenly, the whole church of God was, they just turned crazy about money. Tell me, who is in charge of it if it's not Lucifer? In the 60s, we would go from village to village preaching the gospel. And when churches start, we move. The, the church will send pastors there. Take jungle. That's how I was trained. Into the 70s. All the Jebu land and all stuff. That's when we went to Agamemnon people. I told them that your forefathers didn't behave you. I was here in the 60s. When Agamemnon people are coming to church, I told them, when they reach the front of church, they will keep quiet and they will bow their heads. Their idol will go like this. When did it become that Agamemnon people are now going to the church, sharing their drum and beating people inside church because the church, they see that God is no more there. And I had to tell them that now it's no more business as usual. I am here now. You don't do that anymore. And they bowed their knees before the Lord and vowed that we would never touch Christians in this land anymore. But the fact is this, because in those days we don't talk about offering in church. When it's time to give people a dance forward and they give, like in the Bible. But today, four friends in a service. What are you doing with it? Five offering is having. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Are we together now? I want to leave you all here with this in your mind. Everyone that God called, heaven has invested a lot into us. And that asset must not be wasted by us. God has better things for us. If only we can be loyal to God alone. And I've told you this, don't be eager about church because Jesus asked me, come boy, who built the church by the way? You or I? And I don't hesitate to answer him because he has said, I will build my church. You are the one who built the church. He said, then why do you, tell my people, why do they worry about the number? He said, did they not read the book of us, the Lord added to their number? If I don't add to your number, you won't have that number. So what's the problem? What is your problem? He said, look, tell them to face the sheep. Feed the sheep. Turn them to powerful people. That's what I sent you. Finish. He said, if I bring people, I did. If I don't bring them, they will not come. He said, but I'm looking at you. And the little I've given you, what have you done? He, he showed me in the book of John 17. It, when he, Jesus stood before the Father and said, Everyone you give me, I protected them by the name you gave me. None of them was taken away except the one destined. And Lord said, go tell my minister, focus on, if I give you 10, make that 10 like me. If I give you 20, make that 20 like me. For people coming, I determine when they come. So that should take headache away from many of you. And just celebrate the people you have and invest the whole of your life on them. Shall we stand up together now? We're going to thank God for the grace. Yes. You can put your hands together for the Lord. We will thank God for the grace that He has given to us to be able to partake in you know, the, the information that heaven has given us right now. So I'll just give him to thank God. Thank God for his words. Thank God for his revelation. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for what God did yesterday and today. Oh, Lord, our King, we exalt and magnify your holy name. 
Now let's begin to pray for strength. That the Lord will sustain us by the power of His name. That the devil will not be able to deceive us. Or any of our members. Our family. Our members. That the Holy Spirit will sustain us. By the power of His name. Let us ask God for mercy. Let us ask God for addition into our spirits. Make every effort to add to your faith. Let us ask God for strength to serve Him. Let us ask God for a heart that seeks after Him. A mind of diligence and obedience. Lord my God, have mercy on us. Let's pray for unction from heaven. Some of you have the unction. Pray that God will make it to function now. God has raised you to shake cities by the power of signs and wonders. Tell the Lord, Lord, we come back to the foot of the cross. We seek your power, O oh God. We seek revelation, O oh God. We seek your insight, O oh God. We seek your knowledge, O oh God. Tell the Lord, ignite this candlesticks, O oh God. Let your fire fall upon us afresh. That we shake the nations to their foundation. With the power of purity, the grace to walk in holiness, in the fear of the Most High God, our eyes that we have lost, don't let us regain it back. We have given our life to you, Lord, don't let us take it back from you. Let our lives satisfy you always. Let our life fulfill you always. Let us ask God, open the book of remembrance concerning me. The Bible says, and those who fear the Lord talk to each other. The Lord listened and heard. A book of remembrance was opened in the presence of the Lord concerning those who fear Him. Open the book of remembrance concerning me, concerning my church, concerning my calling, concerning my work. Let me fulfill my destiny and my calling. Let me fulfill my destiny and my calling. Tell the Lord we are in we are we this week is about angels. Open my eyes, oh God, give me divine encounter. Open my eyes, oh God, give me divine encounter. Father, we pray thee, 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 we pray thee. Samuel, God spoke to him before he saw Saul. Said the Lord, speak to me before my members come to me. Open my eyes to see. When Samuel was speaking to Saul, Saul was lying, but Samuel knew the truth. The angel of the Lord whom I serve stood beside me yesterday night and said, 
there shall be none that will be lost in this, in this vehicle. Though the ship will be wrecked, but nobody will be lost. Let us tell God, we want encounters of old. Encounters of old. An angel of the Lord appeared to, Tim, to, to, to uh, Stephen. He told him who to go to. Holy Spirit told him, join him. Put words in his mouth. Let us ask God. Let me have the same encounter like Philip. The Holy Spirit cut him up and took him away to Azotot. Lord, I do not want money. I want your presence. I do not want fame. I want your glory. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord. What shall be written about me when I die? In the encounters of heaven. Tell the Lord. Let me make a footprint or not. In the name of Jesus, O oh God, anoint me, O oh God. Anoint my eyes to see. Anoint my hands for war and battle. Anoint my tongue for authority. The Bible says Samuel was a man of integrity and his word never fall to the ground. Tell the Lord, anoint my lips. Let my word be sustained in heaven. Lord my God, Ribosi Pagalebondo Sarabasa. Lord, I pray thee. Lord, I pray thee. Lord, I pray thee. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name. Lord. I thank you. All these people here are here today because in one way or the other you have connected them to me. They are my seed given by you, made by you. And what I am today, because of the fathers that raised me, many things that came upon me, I don't know how they came. But I know that by association with men who saw God, who saw angels, who were taken to heaven, in the beginning when they speak and they are talking, they are telling me what God is saying, what Jesus just said, walking into the, into the room, talk with them, I never saw anything. Angels will tell them what will happen at a certain time. I never saw the angels. I wept. For a long time, asking for encounter. But you, God, knows that the spirit of the fathers will come upon the sons. Without fasting, without effort, the mantle is upon me. Now I can see angels like they did. Now I've been taken to heaven as they were taken. Now, Jesus, you speak to me like you spoke to them. Lord, I ask for everyone here. That oil... Pour it upon them all. Amen. There is nothing as exciting to man than for a man to speak on behalf of God and it happens. It gives confidence to the one who speaks and it gives boldness to those who saw. To serve the God of Jacob. Lord, I pray thee. Everyone under my voice are those who are watching me all over the world on the internet. The words that you have spoken today, let it reform us. Amen. The words that you have spoken today, let it cleanse us. 
O God, my King. I know, and you know, that to walk with you, is a, there is nothing on earth that could be compared with it. It may take long in human eyes, but we will go beyond human expectation. The ability to be patient and patiently working with you, give it to everyone. Lord, satisfaction that comes from you, which maintains relationship with you and confidence, let it rest upon everybody. Above all, you said I will open the storehouse of my bounty. And I will send rain upon all the works of your hands. My God and my King, I ask that the floodgates of heaven be opened over all these people. Let your rain come and fall upon the works of their hands. Father, in the adventures of life that they have set their hands, command your blessing of God. There are some of them who probably have issues. They say, if I have this, I will be able to do that. That will they lack, heaven supply. That will they need, heaven fill it. Unction from the altar of grace, fall upon everyone. Unction from the altar of grace, fall upon everyone. Yay! Unction from the altar of grace, fall upon everyone. That which you have embedded in them, I speak from this hour, they begin to operate it by grace. Without any effort or sweat, they begin to operate those things. Thank you for the ministry of angels yesterday. Today, I know you will send more angels to this man. I can see the preparation of angels. I can see the visitation of the divine one. Father, as we go to just rest for a while now, before we gather together for glory, strengthen us. And tonight, oh God, please visit us. That which you have revealed, that which you have promised, beyond our wildest understanding, for we see in part and we know in part. Mystery, surprises let it come upon us and at the end of today your name shall be glorified we thank you for what you have done so far and we celebrate you greater for what is ahead of us this we ask and thank you is done and i pray lord that all what you have done for these ministers let it go to their members too they are the key to their churches Bless all their seed. Bless all their members. Father, Lord, because of their sacrifice to the gospel, Father, remember your covenant with the righteous, and you bless their offspring. Thank you because it's done. As we have asked in Jesus' holy name. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, I don't know whether Pastor Fumi, as you have an announcement, please let's sit down one minute. But before the announcement, I want to say announcement. I want to say announcement. I want to say announcement. I want to say announcement.